This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. Okay, welcome back to Sportsbook. It is summer, and we have spent a lot of time on the podcast recently talking about summer sports activities. Last week, we had our July 4 episode with my colleagues, Miles and Jen, and we were talking about being at the beach and sailing and bocce on the lawn and croquet and frisbee and going to baseball games. And of course, one thing that didn't get brought up, but it's another big, big summer activity. Now, maybe my guest today will say it doesn't have to be summer. It can be all year, but it's cornhole, as it's called. Uh, Some people of a certain age, maybe my parents would still just call it beanbags, but it involves beanbags and throwing them into the wooden uh, hole, and we all know it as cornhole. I usually think of this activity as coming alongside beers and food and chips and sunglasses and sun, so summer is the right time to be talking about it. And actually, just the other day, a friend mentioned to me, you know, I was watching ESPN2, and I saw a cornhole tournament. And I said, yeah, man, that is the American Cornhole League. So my guest today, here to tell us all about it, for those not in the know about cornhole, is Stacy Moore, director of the American Cornhole League. Hey, Stacy. Hey, Dan. Thanks, Thanks for coming for on. Me on. Yeah. So uh, let's start this way. I think a lot of people, uh, like I said, whether it's you know from college or since, they know cornhole the game. But it is news to them when I say that there's a, an actual league for it. What's sort of the history here? How long has ACL existed? Yeah, so we turned cornhole into a sport about three years ago. Um, so we're still relatively young, but uh, we're growing rapidly. And as director, I mean, is it fair to say you're, you're basically also like the, the commissioner? Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm the commissioner. You are the Roger Goodell of cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I made as much money as Roger Goodell. Right, if only. Uh, tell me a little bit about the the sort of branding of this. Uh, you guys managed to score a TV deal pretty quickly with ESPN, as I said. Uh, some of the events are shown on ESPN, too. How do you uh, get to that point? How did you guys go from zero to one in terms of convincing uh, cable partners that this should be on TV? Yeah, I think uh, one of the keys was creating technology um, around around the game to turn it into a sport because you can't have a sport without scores and stats. So we developed our own platform for our directors to run tournaments where we can track stats, scores and, and stats from each individual match. Uh, we actually have an app that tracks every bag that's thrown um, during our broadcast. So we can develop all sorts of cool stats around around that. So I think that technology piece was one of the keys when I was speaking with ESPN that I think convinced them that we were taking this seriously and uh, and that, you know, it was worth giving a shot. And you had to show also, you know, that there there is more here for a viewer than just what you'd picture, which is two guys or, or girls uh, throwing beanbags, right? I mean, what, have there been elements added to sort of spice it up? Yeah, and I think you know one of the things that I that I saw that convinced me that it could be a sport was that there was a core group of people that were playing competitively across the country already, and there were tournaments that were forming that were that were for some money, and people were, like I said, traveling around chasing money, and they were practicing for hours and hours a day, and uh, so the more that I watched these guys, I said, well, wow, there's some real strategy to what they're doing. Um, everyone has some unique tosses. They have you know, different blocking strategies versus airmails versus sliding it in the hole. 
Um, so I said, there's a, you know, there's a lot more to this than, than what people think. And so, you know, our job was to convince people that, you know, it's more than just a game when you're playing at this level. And I, and I think that's one of the things that's translating well on TV. A lot of people have picked up a bag and tried to throw it in the hole and then they see how much accuracy and precision that our pros have. And they're, they're just amazed and they get locked into our broadcast. Yeah, actually, that was one of my first questions about it. I mean, with bowling, guys who are pro bowlers tend to get very, very close to a perfect game. And so, right. you know, these guys, if they're not getting a strike every single time, they feel like they failed. Do you find that in Cornhole? Most of these guys who are in the league can, can nail it every time? Yeah, so we, I mean, we've had on our broadcast, as an example, we had Cody Henderson had a stretch where he got 19 bags in a row in the hole. Uh, which was a pretty big number. Uh, we had we had one match that uh, actually went for two games, and over two uh, over a two game period, the two players put 298 bags in the hole. And someone like me, I won't make 298 bags in the hole in a year. So, <laughs> so for these guys to do it in two games, pretty incredible. We had uh, a guest on this podcast, and we were talking about esports. You know, that is competitive video gaming. And we got into a, a conversation I always love having where, you know, th- there's sort of the argument of is is it a sport, first of all, and then are the players of the game or the sport athletes? And even with golf, which obviously golf is a pro sport, but people talk about, you know, you look at John Daly or someone like that, and is that an athlete? Uh, do the guys who are playing in, in this Cornhole League think of themselves as athletes, and do they think of this as, you know, I, I play a pro sport? Yeah, I think uh... – I think that mentality is evolving to more and more of our players. Um, you know, we started out with a core group that that felt like that, you know, they were good enough to be called a pro and they should be considered an athlete um, because they can play it at a higher level than anyone else. Um, you know, we certainly have a lot of players that have athletic backgrounds, but we obviously have our John Daly's of the world as well that people <laughs> look like and be like, that guy's not an athlete. So... Um, everyone's obviously entitled their opinion. Um, we certainly think that, that it's a competitive sport, and anytime you're playing a sport, we think we should call those people athletes. Yeah. Are these guys, uh, are these guys doing strict physical training regimens? Um, I guess if you count uh, drinking beer daily, a, a regimen <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, but it, it, I mean, the, the, the top players will practice probably on average about two hours a day. Um, you know, and like I said, some guys are some guys are hitting the weight room and are more athletic than others as part of their routine. Uh, while other guys are just out there throwing as many bags as they can uh, a day to get get that repetition down. You guys have a tournament, uh, I guess, starting right now this week, July 11th through the 15th. That is the national yep. championship. Tell me all about that. Where is that? Is this the first time it's happened? Uh, tell me about the the glitz of this event, the highlights. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we're this is our final event of the season, um, the ACL Championships. It's a five-day event. We'll have over 25 tournaments, different tournaments going on, uh, uh, with our main event being our singles and doubles championship. Uh, we're also doing a World Cup, a World Cornhole Cup for the first time ever this year. Uh, this is our third year, our third championships. Uh, we're going to give out over $70,000 in cash this week. And we'll be streaming and broadcasting on ESPN. Wow! So, so seventy thousand cash that helps. I wanted to talk a little bit about the money for a moment. I mean, the guys who are doing this, this is 
I imagine, a side gig, or at least they can't be just doing this. This this isn't a full-time job for any of these players, or is it? Yeah, only the ones that are also directors for their running cornhole events. Mm. So we have a few of those that are running cornhole events um, on a full-time basis now, have been able to make that transition, and and, uh, we're certainly trying to enable more of our directors across the country to be able to do cornhole full-time. And then we want to continue to grow our prize pools so our players can, can do it full-time. But, you know, right now, all of our players, all of our pros um, have some type of job as well. How does a person get to this level? You know, let's say I know someone and, and man, he's really good. It always seems like he beats us and he's really good. Now, I'm sure he doesn't compare to these top guys, but can just anyone try and show up for these events and, and try and compete? How do you get that process started? Yeah, so we, I mean, we have an open open format, uh, similar to how if someone wants to qualify for the U.S. Open, they can go through qualifiers and show up and and win their way in. Um, you know, we have an open format where we have local, regional conference and national tournaments, and our tagline is anyone can play, anyone can win. So uh, we allow non-members to come out and play uh, at a higher price than our members. Uh, so they can come and try it out and see if they like it and see how they stack up against the best. Have you seen, Stacy, uh, any really good players who don't necessarily fit the mold? I mean, I think there's probably a, a stereotype of a cornhole player, and, and I'm imagining, like, you know, a young guy, bro, like you said, there's some beer drinking. Is there anyone who's really good that doesn't fit that mold? Maybe their age is a surprise or women who yeah. are really good? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the great things about Cornhole as a sport is that it's it's uh, any almost any age can play. So we have you know a 15 year old can be playing against a 70 year old <laughs> in one of our tournaments, and it's you know it's amazing. Or you can have a female playing against the males. And we have Christine Papke. She's a top 10 uh, overall player in our league. She's also our top female player. Uh, she's had a great season, and so yeah, it's gender neutral and. Pretty much age neutral. That's great. Uh, you know, to, to go back a little bit to the image and the branding, do you find that it's hard? I mean, obviously, you know, you mentioned, hey, our, our events are often on ESPN. That's a big help, and I think that kind of stops people in their tracks. Whoa, okay, this is serious. But do you still feel as the director of the organization, do you get people who you say, oh, I'm the director of the Cornhole League, and they say, what? The Cornhole <laughs> League? I mean, is that something you kind of deal with is people at first don't take it seriously? and so every time we have an event on ESPN, Twitter just goes nuts. I mean, it blows up, and we see comments all over the board. So a lot of people saying, I can't believe this is a sport. You know, <laughs> cornhole is not a sport, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, we've seen more and more people as over each broadcast take us a lot more seriously. And so it's been, it's been good. I would say, you know, maybe when we started out, Maybe 50% of the people couldn't believe it's a sport. Now that's probably down to about 10% that we see on Twitter. Wow. And, uh, and a lot more people are just engaging, getting to know the players, you know, pulling for the players and that sort of thing. Um, but the reaction on Twitter has just been been amazing with, with each one of our broadcasts. It's something that you have to see to believe, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you know, when we were starting out, I knew that everyone knew – cornhole as a as a game and that was going to be the natural uh, perception hey cornhole is just a game it's not a sport and so it was important from a broadcast perspective that you know we really 
do what we can to show off the, the skills of these players. It actually, I'm glad you mentioned Twitter because it does seem like the digital video part of it helps fuel the awareness. And that's been true recently for a lot of different sports. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call them all niche, but, but anything sort of below the big four or five. Uh, but even right. for those, you know, it's it's you know, NBA Twitter has been a huge thing that has fueled NBA fandom as little clips on Twitter. But for something like cornhole, it seems especially powerful. You know, the idea of uh, you know little video clips on on social media. Yeah, definitely little video clips. We also do a lot of Facebook Live um, mm. when we're not broadcasting on ESPN. So, like at our championships this week, we'll do three days of uh, a Facebook Live leading into our ESPN broadcast. And, you know, last year we were getting uh, regularly over 150,000 viewers through through Facebook Live, which was a great number. Um, you know, and then our our ESPN broadcasts have just been exploding as well. Uh, last week for our July 4th Pro Invitational, uh, we did over 509,000 P2 Plus uh, rating, which was the top five cable show. Um, so people have really been resonating whether it's through facebook live or espn with what, with what we're doing wow there you go and meanwhile uh celebrity involvement or you know athlete uh stamp of approval athlete endorsements yes. always helps you have uh jimmy graham is a big fan of cornhole and is having his own charity cornhole tournament also this yep. month in july uh yep. tell me a little bit about that and and to what extent you know i mean obviously because it's a game we've all played at some point whether in the summer or not or on the beach or elsewhere I mean, everyone knows cornhole, so I would think that, you know, if you start with Jimmy Graham, more athletes are only going to come out of the woodwork. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last week we sent one of our players to play against Jenny Finch as well, and that was a Facebook Live event where they had pitcher versus pitcher. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so they got to see one of our pros go up against, you know, one of the best or the best softball player of of our time uh, for sure. And yeah, the Jimmy Graham event that's coming up to introduce him to the Green Bay community and making that a charity event uh, is going to be awesome. That's you know we go there right when we're done here in Cherokee, uh, so I'm looking forward to that up in Green Bay. And um, you know, cornhole is a great sport to raise money for charities. There's a lot of that going on out there. Um, we're going to put a lot of effort to to grow the awareness of how much money. Uh, cornhole is raising for charities all over the country, and I think uh, you know we're looking to get more celebrity involvement um, from stars like Jimmy Graham. So certainly that event is going to going to be a, a big boost for us in the sport. Yeah, that's great. Those are uh, two great athletes to start with. Softball, yep. softball name that ever knows Jenny Finch, and then an NFL player in Jimmy Graham. So that's a that's a good start for athlete approval of the whole thing. Uh, tell me a little bit about exposure for brands. Uh, I mean, I imagine that makes it attractive to advertisers. You know, I see something in the in the materials about the league that uh, you know there's there's opportunities for brand visibility 100% of the time during the broadcasts. Yeah, I think what's great is uh, the brand visibility that we can give on the cornhole board because that's something that no one can ever take away from us. And so, as you see, our, our big Johnsonville logo, Johnsonville being our primary sponsor and a, and a great partner uh, with what we're doing and how we're growing the sport but they get that big logo on the board and it's seen everywhere so anytime someone cuts a clip to show in the news or obviously on the broadcast it's always on there so between the broadcast signage the logos on jerseys and the cornhole board 
And basically, Johnsonville is being seen 100% of the time during our broadcast. And then wow. they're also being seen every time someone cuts a clip of, of our action and shares it or, or reports on it. Wow. Stacey, uh, what's the big pie-in-the-sky vision for the American Cornhole League? Where, where can it go? How big can it get? If you think five years down the road, what's your hope? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking to make it uh, an international sport and an Olympic sport. Um, so we, we have Canada, who's coming down to compete in our first-ever World Cornhole Cup, Whoa. which is tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so that's a team-oriented event <clears throat> that's inspired by events like the Ryder Cup in golf, uh, where we play a mixture of singles and doubles in a team event. And, uh, and, and we have the U.S. divided up into 14 conferences, and so they're playing and Canada's playing as well. So we're looking to invite more countries and get more countries involved in the sport next year to participate in this World Cup. And then, like I said, make it into uh, an Olympic sport. Um, another big push for us is going to be in juniors as well as college. So we have our yeah, national college, college cornhole. Yeah. There you go. We have our national college cornhole championship coming up December 30th and 31st. Where we're inviting 256 teams and we're giving out scholarship money uh, to college kids for competing. Nice. Uh, we, did the, we did our first ever event with ESPNU uh, last December with, uh, with the SEC schools only, which was a great event. Right. That makes sense. Good place yeah, there were a lot of those kids, yeah, that went viral and and it did uh, it did great. So we're excited about college cornhole, and then we're excited about um, just getting a lot of juniors involved. And I think that's you know, that'll help us create that hardcore fan base that's following our pros and obviously um, the next generation of our pros. If I could have uh, gotten a scholarship for beer pong, that would have been great for me. <laughs> that, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> if, if only. Maybe that's yeah. up next. But I like that. Olympics, yes. that's ambitious, man. It's great. Yeah. I think, I mean, my goal is really to be, I mean, I want to be the fastest sport to be approved by the Olympics in, in our modern era. That's my goal. Wow. Well, good luck with it. Uh, where can our listeners watch the national championship? What's the combination there? It's a combination of some of it is on ESPN2 and then the web, yeah. Facebook. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're on Facebook Live uh, for the next three days. And then we're on ESPN3 at 7 p.m. on Saturday. And then we're on uh, ESPN2 Live Sunday at 2 p.m. All right. Well, we'll be looking out for it. I think a lot of people are going to want to tune in just to see what it's actually like at the uh, the pro level. Yeah, we're excited about it. Hopefully people will watch and interact with us on Twitter or Facebook or, or Instagram. Great. Thanks, Stacy. Appreciate it, Dan. Okay, that was Stacy Moore, director of the American Cornhole League, the ACL. Of course, when you say ACL, I think people think of a lot of other things first for that acronym. Austin City Limits Music Festival, a number of other things. But, man, if Stacy has his way, people will know the ACL within five years. Olympics, I think that might be a stretch. But it's good to have uh, high hopes and goals. You know, look, I, I think your instinct is to laugh at, at stuff like this. I mean, I heard cornhole league. Come on. I, you know, imagine saying you're meeting people. Oh, what do you do? And you say, I'm the commissioner of the cornhole league. And they laugh. But niche sports like this, and maybe we can debate sport, debate whether these guys are athletes, but they have really caught on. I mean, there are just so many examples. You know, once a year, ESPN jokingly uh, turns 
uh, either ESPN2 or ESPNU, one of those, into ESPN8, The Ocho. Of course, a, a reference to the movie Dodgeball. And people love it. That's always a, a day that gets tons of attention and love and viral posts and people tweet about it. And, you know, increasingly, and I, I know this because people at ESPN have told me this, ESPN gets encouraged to do more of The Ocho, not just one day a year. But I think for now, they're good with that one day. But uh, I know that cornhole is one of the games or sports shown on the Ocho on the day they do the Ocho. And it is amazing. Uh, again, you know, you think, oh, Cornhole League, that seems ridiculous. But look, some of their events are on ESPN, too. That, that is a, a good TV deal they scored. So uh, we'll be watching. you got the national championships going on right now as you hear this podcast. So if you want to check it out, try ESPN, too, or try uh, the Facebook page, it sounds like, of the American Cornhole League. I want to hear from you guys. Uh, we've all played cornhole, like I said, at a bar or a brewery or a backyard or on the beach. Would you watch the quote-unquote pros? It's kind of funny to even imagine them as pros, but, man, the guys who are doing this are really good, and they're sinking it most of the time. Not I. I would like to think I have a good rate of getting it at least on the board, you know, where you get it on the, the board, but it sits there and doesn't go in. Uh, I don't know at the pro level if they, if they count that as a point or if you just have to get it in completely. Uh, but it's a fun summer game, and it's funny that this exists. It's a real thing, folks, the American Cornhole League. Tell me what you think. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can always rate, review, and subscribe to the Sportsbook Podcast. We are watching for you all of these sports, big and small, niche and gargantuan, from the NFL all the way down to the American Cornhole League. And always interested in the business trials and tribulations of these sports. So stick with us. We come out every Thursday morning. Thanks. Goodbye.